With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast and manager of BT Powerhouse for SV Nation. And we're here continuing our season preview series on the Big Ten. We've worked through uh, Indiana, Iowa, Northwestern, uh, a few of the teams, and we're moving into uh, one of the the powers in the Big Ten over the last few years, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, and to help us break it down, we have Anthony Wright, uh, one of the the great Michigan Twitter accounts out there and uh, a former Wolverine himself. Uh, Anthony, how's it going? It's going well, man. It's going well. It's almost Friday, so it's almost the weekend. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on here and spending a few minutes with us to to chat about the Wolverines. Um, with uh, and and why don't you tell folks? I I know you have your own podcast that's out now. I've listened to it a couple of times. It's a lot of fun. Um, why don't you tell people where they can uh, check you out? You can check me out on iTunes, Spotify, all of the uh, all the huge podcast apps that are out out there. Um, about fifteen episodes in. Um, it was You Can't Guard Me, but I think I'm going to change it to uh, The Ant Farm. So hmm. you could probably find me there and uh, just find me on Twitter or at It's Ant Right. Excellent, excellent. So with that, let's jump in. There's a lot to talk about with, with Michigan. And this season, I we would be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't start with the, the elephant in the room, which is Michigan has a new head coach after years with, with John Beeline at the helm. Juwan Howard is taking over. Um, obviously, we could probably do a, a podcast or two just on the coaching change. Um, but what are your general thoughts about Juwan Howard coming in, uh, expectations, and just sort of the vibe around the team coming into this season? Um, I think uh, in terms of Michigan hiring uh, hiring Juwan, um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, time that I'm I'm uh, coming on this podcast. Um, was he the most qualified for the position? Absolutely not. Um, probably the least, most least qualified individual to take on this job. But um, And then the athletic department came out like two or three days ago and said, you know, Jim Harbaugh is for us to make money. So I'm like, <laughs> like okay, so <laughs> well, that's your answer. You know what I mean? So, um, so I think um, – I think uh, you know Jawan has my you know 100% support as should um, it be the case for everybody. But he's done a really good job at rounding out his um, assistants and uh, having Martelli. Martelli come in is huge. Uh, having uh, um, I think his name is Howard Isley, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's he was an assistant in the league. You know, having him come in is huge. And rotating Saudi is also huge, just just to keep a familiar face around, and um, also retaining uh, John Sanderson because he's done an amazing job with the uh, strength and conditioning program. In terms of you know, expectations, it's going to be, you know, 
a lot of times, and a lot of people didn't know how good Beeline's teams were, where it feels like at the start of every season, no one ranks them in the top 25. And, you know, it's, you know, it's going to happen again this year. So in terms of expectations, Michigan is automatically going to be treated like uh, Michigan State does in football. They could be a decent team, but nobody really knows what they're going to do. Um, opposite of the football team where they can be overrated, but they're like, well, it's Michigan football. They should be up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and um, it's just one of those things where they expectations for me, I do believe that they should make the tournament just based on who they're bringing back in Teske and having um, Livers and Simpson back. That's, that's huge. That's huge. Having those solid core guys. Um, uh, coming back to kind of like kind of keep the ship afloat. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you as far as Howard's concerned. I mean, obviously he's doesn't have any experience as as a college college coach, uh, which is right. a red flag. Um, but you know what? It's a calculated risk. We'll see if it works out. Um, if he can come in here and get some momentum, like a, a few of the other guys have been able to, primarily Penny Hardaway, who I know has a little bit of a different background, but. Obviously, right. that, that's what they're trying to do here um, with Juwan Howard. So we'll see if it works out. It's a calculated risk. Um, but, uh, you know, every, all this offseason, though, I guess moving on from that, the discussion has been about Juwan Howard. But, of course, you know, there is a team. They are going to start playing games at some point. Um, let's talk right. a little bit about the guys who have left and the guys that are coming in. You know, Michigan got hit pretty hard with the NBA draft uh, early declarations right. this year. Um can you just talk a little bit about, you know, the big guys they're losing and then, of course, the the newcomers? Sure. All right. So there is, as you know, Charles Matthews left. Um, he probably would have been taken late in the second round or picked up and signed on to a contract with guaranteed money. Just just listening to how his NBA draft workouts were going, like he was strapping up some really good two guards. Um and the way that the game is going nowadays, having someone who can guard perimeter scores um, are very important to have. So losing him sucks because uh, he because he could also get to the rack. wasn't a great shooter, but he can get to the rack. Super athletic. Losing Iggy sucks. Uh, you know, six eight, two ten, two fifteen, strong dudes. Lefty Southpaw is a shooter. Um, he went probably he, he went mid second round. I believe it's because of his age. He's like 19 or 20 years old as a freshman. I think if he was like legit, like 18 year old as the same person, he probably would have went in the first round. Um, Jordan Jordan Poole, everyone dogged his decision. I kept every receipt and I went ham for like 24 <laughs> hours when he was picked 28th. Funny story. I was getting messages from um from a lot of like NBA media guys saying that um it was like two weeks before the draft saying that hey he could go between like twenty is like between like twenty five and you know twenty nine or something. I'm like, what really? I was like, oh okay, cool. So when they said that I started saving a whole bunch of tweets. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. Then the day of the draft the day of the draft, I had um, one of the top Warriors guys contacted me and said, um, uh, hey, what 
you know, what do you expect? You know, what should we expect from Jordan, you know, Poole? And I was like, look, you're going to get a dude who can play defense. You're going to get a guy who can do multiple things. He's not just a shooter. At, at his best at Michigan, he had the ball in his hands, pick and roll, PNR, all that fun stuff. And Michigan was very, very good, especially against teams like UNC early on. Um, and uh, that was like at like 2 or 3 o'clock that day. And then hit me up again, like, during like the 24th pick or something. And they were like, it's happening. I'm like, oh, my God. So I started saving a bunch of stuff. And it was over. So I'm super happy about that dude. Um, and even if they didn't choose him, they would have uh, – the Spurs would have got him, uh, I think, next. Wow. So either way, um, first-round dude. Moving on from them, um, you know – Three dudes, three leading scores. I mean, but mm -hmm. you have your three glue guys coming back um, with Simpson, Teske, and Livers. Everyone knows about them. Livers, I think he could take his game to another level. I think there's a little bit more to his game than what he's shown. I think Teske and Simpson, they are pretty much who they are. Um, but Livers, I think, can go another level. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as a guy like DeAndre Hunter for UVA, but he could be very, very similar in terms of being a really good, you know, three and D and just athletic and get to the rack and just be that and just, you know, be that type of player. Um, outside of those three, like the guys know about, you're going to get a heavy dose of sophomores coming in um, and you're going to get a lot of Mo Wagner's brother, friend. He can hoop. He's like six eight, six nine. He's like a wing guard. Um, he will be an NBA prospect, whether it's at the end of this year or at the end of next year. We don't know. Mm -hmm. um, he can really, really play. He's very, very good. Um, I, you know, people aren't talking about him enough, but that dude Castleton. Mm -hmm. Castleton is a beast. He's like six eleven. He could handle the ball. He could shoot the ball. He is he is going to be probably one of one of the more um, surprised players. I think I think uh, coming in this year uh, from the guard spot is going to be a battle between Eli Brooks, David DeJulius, and uh, Nunez for that off guard spot. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. The first practice is next week, and they're going to and they're going to battle it out. You know, those guys are on your team, but at the same time, you they're you guys are competing to play. Um, nobody transferred, which was really weird. You know, yeah. Usually, usually a coach comes in like that. Usually guys transfer, um, and you don't see the new coach come in and try to retain everyone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was very, very different. And I think it's because Jawan didn't come from a different school. He came from the league. So he really didn't have anything to, like, he didn't have any, like, commits to, if he was at, like, I don't know, like, Arkansas. Like, there's no Arkansas commits who are now trying to get into Michigan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was less of a, it was less of a cluster. Uh, no transfers, which is very, 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 very rare. Uh, we'll see what happens at the end of this year, though. Um, yeah, I think a lot of those uh, sophomores that that didn't play last year, who think they should have, they're coming into this year thinking that, hey, I miss Coach Beeline, but <laughs> I also have a new set of eyes looking at me, and I may have an opportunity here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head as, as far as the guys leaving, you know, with Matthews, Bresnikis, and, and Poole. There's no way you can lose three guys of the NBA like that and just uh, <laughs> keep keep on rolling. There's going to be some growing pains uh, as a result. But, you know, Michigan, Franz Wagner coming in, he is a guy who I think is going to contribute early and often. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, for, for people who don't know a lot about him, he's playing in the international scene over in Germany. Um, he, uh, what was it? He was on the team with, with what, uh, Derek Walton, uh, what last summer and, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, Tyler, Tyler Giffey, uh, he played in the national championship for UConn. Um, he was on that team. So he's playing against, he's playing against grown men. So, mm-hmm. uh, people are questioning, can his game transition? I'm like, he's playing against grown men in Europe. He'll be fine playing in the, in the, uh, Big Ten, trust me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, for Michigan fans who don't know enough or don't know a ton about him, I mean, he was sort of a late addition. Uh, obviously, a, a guy who could could have an early impact. For me, honestly, I, I might think pick him as Big Ten freshman of the year. Uh, we'll, we'll see how everything sorts out eventually. But uh, Really? So, yeah. Yeah, really? I mean, okay. I, I, I could see it. I mean, we don't really know what to expect out of Juwan Howard, to be honest, at this point. But, um he he's just I, I think he's going to be money uh, right out of the gate. Um, so yeah, a, a lot to like on that front. Um, moving into a, a little bit of a, a bigger picture type of thing. Um, what what are the things you, you know you're most optimistic about as far as this team is concerned? Um, and conversely, uh, what are your biggest concerns uh, about this team coming into the season? About this team, um, are you know who's going to step up and be a scorer? You lost your mm-hmm. top three. Who's going to step up and be the guy where if you need a bucket, this is where we're going to go. Uh, I, it's crazy that even though Michigan Michigan's top three scores last year, um, you know, still nobody's really stepped into that spot when Michigan needed a bucket. Um, if you look at the Michigan State games. Who really stepped up, you know, in the last five minutes, in the last ten? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Between the 15-minute and five-minute mark, go look at those splits of the second half. Look at those splits. It is ugly. <laughs> it is <laughs> ugly. Without yes. even looking at it, I would say Michigan State beat Michigan from the 15-minute mark to the five-minute mark in the second half last year. I would say that the Michigan State was like plus had to be plus 20 and some change. Had to be plus 20, plus 25 or something crazy. Um, when Michigan needed a bucket, nobody really, really stepped up and really, you know, you know, really just said, hey, I got the big nuts. Give me the rock. You know what I mean? So, and those three guys left, who's going to fill in to not only be that score, but also be that guy to say, hey, give me the rock. I'll make something happen. Uh, the one guy who I think can fill that role who's fearless is David DeJulius. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a fearless dude. Last year he came in, he took some wild shots, but confidence never wavered with him. Um, I think he could possibly be that guy. And as a sophomore with, you know, 15, 20 games under his belt in the uh, Big Ten season when it starts to heat up, um, you know, I think he could possibly turn into that guy. Yeah, yeah, that that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I I think for me obviously the the defense is you got to be optimistic about about that. I mean, they got three 
uh, really great defenders in Simpson, Livers, and Teske. We'll see, you know, who sort of fills around them as, as far as the defense is concerned. But I think this should be another really good defensive team. Um, yeah, but shooting, shooting is shooting is going to be interesting. You know, we have we have Livers, but you know, who else is going to be able to shoot over thirty eight percent or thirty seven percent? Wagner should. Wagner should. Mm-hmm. Um, Nunez is capable, but depends on the opportunity that's, you know, given to him, of course. Um, you know, look at look at Virginia. I mean, they had they had a defensive team, a defensive team, their top three scores were also their top three shooters and also their top three best players. All three went to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. and they won the national championship. I picked them <laughs> to win the good. national championship too. <laughs> yeah, they were a pretty good team, but I mean, <laughs> they had guys who had some big nuts and they took some big, big shots. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they almost lost to Purdue and Auburn. Purdue and Auburn aren't Duke and North Carolina, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but they had guys to step up and you know make big shots and make big plays, and that's what Michigan missed last year. But that's mm-hmm. what Michigan had the year prior when they when they won the Big Ten uh, tournament and went to the national championship, and they were just overwhelmed with just an overpowered Villanova team. But you know, you had guys like uh, Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman wasn't afraid of anything. Cool, calm, collected. Mo Wagner, cool, calm, collected. You know, those 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 two guys were very very missed last year because nobody really stepped into those roles of give me the rock. I'll make a shot and calm things down. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I certainly think uh, you know the shooting, and of course, you know you lose. Uh, I believe those were the top three guys in scoring: Pool, Matthews, and and Brozdinkis, as far as total yeah. scoring. Um, so I mean, that's that that's going to be a big hit. Maybe Livers can can pick up his game some, but it's probably going to have to be you know hope, hoping a new a newcomer can step up or or maybe. Uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe Howard uh, has more of an emphasis up front. I don't know if that's that's the way to go in today's college game, but you know, maybe maybe he's going to try to do more um, that's on that end. To the death, man. That's <laughs> if I swear. If I don't I know. See yeah. Horns, if I see horns into a high low, I, I'm going to throw my phone. I'm not. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, this guy. He's never been a college coach before. So we. I. It's a total mystery. Um, oh but, <laughs> I can't wait till he sees a two-three zone, man. That's gonna be funny. Oh yeah. He's gonna it's... see a two-three zone. He's gonna see three-two. He's gonna see a bunch of garbage. Man, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. But you know, having Phil Martelli there. Um, yeah. Because he has what twenty-four years of head coaching experience at uh, St. Joe's, and he's had some good teams. And I don't think he's been around this much talent. So I think I think, I think, think that's going to be a huge positive and a very positive impact for the uh, staff as well, too. Certainly. Um, with that, uh, why, don't, why don't we get into the schedule a little bit? I'm not going to ask you, you know, pick game by game or, or anything ridiculous like that. Um, but just okay. general, just generally, um, you know, the Michigan's got a. We kind of know what to expect out of out of Big Ten play, especially with the extended schedule. Uh, pretty much, you're going to be playing about everyone home and home now. But non-conference, Michigan's got a, a pretty challenging slate. They're going to get Oregon at home. They're going to have a road game at Louisville. 
playing Iowa yeah. State um, in the Bahamas, uh, Creighton yep. at home as well. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as the the non-conference slate and sort of any any predictions, I guess, generally as far as how Michigan's going to handle it? 20 games is a lot of conference games, man. I'm going to start out by saying that. That's a lot of games. That is a lot of games. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to find out who this team is between November 27th and I believe it's like December 14th. Um, mm-hmm. It's That is going to be – we're going to find out who they are for real because they, I believe, just brought up the schedule here. Um, yeah, between 27th and the 14th. Looking at – in Iowa, they've lost some guys. They've lost some guys, but that should be a payback game. They should win that. Illinois is going to be really good, and that's on the road at Illinois. Illinois should be a tough team. You know, you have you – know, it's going to be a tough non-conference slate. If they could get through the non-conference with – oh, man. Two losses? It's tough, yeah. I will be, I will be elated. Because they play yeah. Creighton too, you know. Creighton is Creighton is no joke. Creighton is no mm-hmm. joke. Creighton, Creighton from the um, Big East. Hey, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, and just and just to cut you off there for a second, but just to give our listeners a little context, that November twenty seventh, that's the battle for Atlantis. Michigan's going to get Iowa State and the winner of Bama in North Carolina. Then they're going to get third game against to be decided. I don't have the bracket in front of me. But then they return back to the uh, United States where they're going to go on the road at Louisville for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then Iowa at home, at Illinois, and Oregon at home. I mean, that's th- that's like an NCAA tournament six-game run yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's tough, yeah, especially if you get North yeah. Carolina. I mean, that, that's going to be a brutal usually, stretch. Then they usually have three games before conference play. They only have two. Then you got to go to Michigan State. Oh. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if they could could get through, if they could get through the non-conference with two losses or less, I would be very excited about this team. Very, very excited. Um, That's a loss at the Battle of Atlantis, just one loss. They go like two and one or something. And then going – and then going – one and one with Oregon and Louisville. That is a win to me, in my opinion. That's a, oh, yeah. That is a win. Because that means you either lost at Louisville and beat Oregon or lost to Oregon and then went on the road to beat a solid Louisville team. So I'm – That is tough. That is totally fine. <laughs> that is – yeah, that's a very tough schedule, especially with a young team. They only have really two games. They only have like two games to really – prepare for this mm-hmm. season Saginaw Valley App State Creighton you got how big he's wow. you know what I mean so <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting and then when the conference starts you know the Big Ten is you're gonna have is there's Michigan State up top then there's a long pause and then there's about four or five teams that we don't really know how good they are um Illinois is right there Ohio State's going to be right there. Um, you know, Purdue's going to be solid again. Um, you know, Maryland's going to be right there. You know, Michigan should be in that mix. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But if they go like, you know, twelve and eight, 
11 and 9 in Juwan's first year to enter um, Big Ten tournament play with only like 10 losses, 11 losses. That's just, to me, that gives me so much confidence. Um, and then he's able to get more of his guys in. Um, and then he'll really be able to put his stamp on the program to kind of, you know, solidify himself and not so much of, oh, well, these are B-lines, guys. You know it's going to come up. So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, and, and and that's something I I wanted to to touch on a little bit. Um, you know, you brought up the fact that you know Michigan didn't get railed by transfers, which is it's kind of very odd for a, a coaching yeah. change in today's day and age. Um, can you talk a little bit about the dynamic of of this transfer? I mean, it it's been a little bit odd because usually you're used to you know coach gets fired or retires, and it's either you know just adore the old coach and they kind of hang around or you know, the old coach was every problem we've ever had. It's all his fault, and the new guys right. gonna save the day. It seems like it's some somewhere in the middle. Uh, do you have any thoughts and and kind of just on the the vibe of that here for this season? It's interesting because I think, you know, first of all, the the way John Beeline recruited um, is different than what most coaches do. First of all. He recruited on a high level. So there's some there's rumors out there or there's people that have, have a very wrong opinion that he didn't recruit at a high level. He did. You can't recruit at a not high level, then have issues with a bunch of guys leaving for the NBA. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know? So yes. cut that out. Like it's either one or the other. Stick with one narrative. Um that's so the way that he recruited, he did not offer players until they came to visit campus. He didn't just go watch a kid. He could play for me and offer them a scholarship. No, he slowly recruited them. He made sure that the player fell in love with Michigan. Um, and uh, these players who are there, look at Franz Wagner. He didn't. He could like. He took a visit when Beeline was gone and Yaklitz was still here. You know what I mean? Franz yeah. Wagner. He, he, his official, his official visit came when there was just Sadi, um, DeAndre Haynes, and Yaklich on campus. It was just those three coaches, and mm-hmm. they showed him around like you know. So he fell in love with the school. I have a feeling a lot of these kids, yeah, they came to play for JB, but they fell in love with the school and they fell in love with the program first and foremost. Not what can this coach do for me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, so absolutely. I think that's why it's different. So when Beeline left, you know, the the school that they fell in love with is still here. Yeah, and it, it, like I said, it, it's just been it, – it's so awkward because it's like, um, you know, I, I think fans are – I can at least speak for myself, you know. Uh, obviously, all the Michigan community really respects Beeline for what he did on and off the court, but – it is a little odd because, you know, he did kind of leave in the middle of the night. Um, you know, he, he yeah. has to do what he wants to do. And and certainly you can respect the decision. You know, Michigan can't offer you a shot at an NBA title. That's it's just it's not in the uh, right. it's not in the toolbox there. Uh, but um, Duan comes think in. That was why. I don't even oh, know yeah. why he left, you know. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I mean, think, obviously, yeah. that's a, it's a big it's a big topic. But I mean, it's uh you know, there, there's certain things that, that just uh, 
he, it, it seemed evident that he was looking for certain things or not having to experience certain things that are on the college level. Yeah. Uh, you know, a change yeah. of scenery, hated, shall we yeah. say. He hated the way that the way the NCAA was going is one, but two, mm-hmm. I truly believe he wanted to coach at the NBA level. You know, how many coaches can say they've never been a head coach, but they've coached at every single level up to the NBA. I think he really wanted that legacy and he really wanted that, that last experience of coaching at that level. He's done mm-hmm. everything else except that everything else. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, that to me that that's the impression I got. Um, and you know, again, Michigan just you're not going to play against LeBron James or or a Popovich. Right. It's just it's not going to happen at, in Ann Arbor. Um, right. but uh, but yeah. So Jawan Howard comes in, and I I think people are optimistic, but it's also kind of like uh, he's going to be judged by by a very hard standard, fair or not. It, it's just going to happen. So uh, it it'll be a challenge. Um, but uh, but with that. Before we get to our, our sort of final season predictions here, um, do you have a prediction as far as the starting lineup goes? I mean, obviously, there's still a while before the season starts, but any thoughts as far as who the starting five will be? Um, I'm going to go with Simpson. I'm going to okay. go with Teske. I'm going to go with – this is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound crazy, so forgive me. I apologize, okay? But <laughs> I have, like, two lineups in mind. Okay. Because um, I am really high on Castleton. <laughs> so mm, so okay. he, I'm really high on him. So I, <clears throat> there could be a crazy lineup like Simpson, Franz Wagner, Livers, Castleton, Teske. Um, that's a huge lineup. You're yeah. six foot, six nine. Six, really seven, six, eight, six, eleven, <laughs> seven feet. You know, um, that's one. Another one is going to be um, Simpson, DeJulius or Brooks. I don't know which one. Wagner, Livers, and then Teske or Castleton. Mm-hmm. Um, I say or Castleton because I don't. You got to understand that nobody gets their job back. If they're getting their booty beat in practice or it's even, there's a very good chance that Jawan is going to go with the younger player to make sure that they're prepared for later on in the following year. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't be, don't be surprised if, you know, the rotation looks funky to you because um, you have a new set of eyes, a new set of beliefs yeah. on the staff. So it's all going to be very, very interesting, man. So, I mean, that's probably yeah. like a crazy lineup, but at the same time, <laughs> an NBA dude, you know, he, you know, he may have DeJulius coming off the bench just to be that firepower. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He may want certain guys to come off the bench just to give that second team a little scoring boost. Um, Cause that's how NBA guys think They they don't always have their best five starting. Yeah. Um College does that same thing too, but it depends on how the how the kids take it. Like Lou Williams, he shouldn't come off the bench. I mean, come on, but he's one of the best six men of all time because he's accepted his role as a second team guy, and his job is to come in and just cause havoc for the other mm-hmm. team offensively and just to give the game a different look. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, I think four guys are are very very likely starters. I'd be shocked if they didn't. 
Simpson, Livers, Bogner, and Teske. And then it's basically yep. about, you know, who's who's going to emerge? Do you want to play a little bit smaller and, you know, put a guy like Nunez or Julius in there? Or do you want to go a little bigger with a guy like Johns or, or Castleton? Um, I'm a little skeptical. I'm, I'm a little skeptical on the Castleton Teske combo, but uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, it would be Castleton has game. Hey, I am telling you right now, like Castleton <laughs> has get like like perimeter like Mo Wagner type of stuff. Hey, I'll like, take it. I'll take it if it, hey, if, it if it's there. <laughs> I'm telling you, he has he has game game game. Um. A lot of things that you didn't see because a lot of times when, you know, mm-hmm. young guys come in, all they're thinking about is don't mess up, rebound the ball, <laughs> dive on the floor, and take charges. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean shoot it? Okay, I'm going to shoot a layup <laughs> if I'm around the hoop. But outside of that, I'm not about to mess this up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, he can hoop, man. He can yeah. hoop. It's just a matter of, you know, what type of leash is uh, Juwan going to mm-hmm. give his guys. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it should be interesting. I think the exciting thing is if you're a, a Wolverine fan is there's a few options. So, you know, Howard's going to have a chance to to work some of these guys through. And, uh, you know, he's not going to be deadlocked into, you know, four or five guys. There, There's definitely a handful to work with here. Um, but with that, uh, we are running a little bit short on time. But uh, if you can, you know, just in a, a real quick here, um, overall season predictions, uh, does it sounds like you already you think they do, but does Michigan make it back to the NCAA tournament? If they do, uh, general thoughts on how far they go. Um, we're looking at, in my opinion, they're going to be a five or a six seed in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, they're going to finish. Um, and okay. then when it comes to NCAA, probably like a nine ten, like like eight nine mm-hmm. ten somewhere in there. Um, and I, I have a rule. I don't guess on where they finish in the in the tournament. Okay. I don't know how it's laid out yet. Um, so I can't really say that. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. 2018, oh, if you look at if you look at 2018's tournament, you know that tournament treated Michigan very very well. <laughs> yeah. You know they played Loyola Chicago in the Final Four. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> treated them very very well. They could have they could have been the same exact seed in a different region and been knocked out in the second round. Well, I mean, no. they barely they barely made it past Houston. I mean, they needed exactly. the, the miracle exactly. shot. Exactly, so. that's what I'm saying. It's all about <laughs> it's it's all it's a lo- it's a little bit of luck unless you're loaded. Like that Villanova team, yeah. they you know yeah yeah they were talented, but they were good because they had six guys averaging double figures. What does that mm-hmm. tell me? That tells me that you you can shut down four. And two guys can still go off, which is what happened. Yeah, we shut down everyone, and then Dante DiVincenzo goes off for thirty plus. So Michigan, Ridiculous. they played a they played a really good game. They didn't shoot that well, but they played a good game. But Villanova was strapped. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, when it comes to odds, you have six guys averaging double figures. One guy is going to get at least twenty on you. Mm-hmm. One one guy is going through. Not all six guys are going to be off. That's just not going to happen. But seeing what they did to Kansas and I think they beat every team by double figures, right? Oh, it, it, they were one of the. They did. I, I don't care what anyone says. That was one of the greatest college basketball teams. Uh, they just wrecked everyone. I mean, they were just they were so good that year. They were so, so good. good. 
They were yeah. so good, man. They were so yeah. good. So, you know, and that 2018 team isn't as good as the 2013 team, but that 2013 team was really good as well, too. That mm-hmm. 2014 team was really, really good when they lost in the Elite Eight to that shot from 30 feet from Harrison. Yeah. That team was really, really good. If you had put them against, I think, any other team in that Elite Eight, they go back to the Final Four. So I got to see the bracket first because the bracket is either going to be favorable to you or it's not going to be favorable to you. It's, you know, there's, you know, and you can't really, you can't really escape that. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you got to see what the committee does and kind of go from there, you know? So I never make a prediction because of it. Yeah, no, I mean, f- fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of on board with you. I think they're going to make it back to the tournament. I I think they'll make it in. You know, they're not going to have to sweat it out too much on Selection Sunday, but I don't think it's going to be one of these where, you know, last season, what did they start, like 17-0 and 0 or, or something ridiculous like that? They were, like, they were, they were 20-0, and 0, then they lost to Iowa by, like, 20, and they were 21. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that. that's not <laughs> going to happen this year, but I think they're going to get in relatively comfortably – and, uh, you know, maybe have a shot at the Sweet 16 if they get a favorable draw. But uh, unless, unless somebody really surprises, you know, one of these, uh, you know, maybe Cole Bajima or somebody like that really surprises, uh, it's hard to picture this team being a, a Final Four or, or something like that just because they don't have yeah. the, the, you know, the, the standout score necessarily on paper. But nonetheless, and, it should be – yeah. oh, go ahead. No, but I was just going to say, like, I'm – I'm really excited about this year. Um, not excited at, at the fact that I think Michigan State wins the national championship. Um, but because they're they remind me of that Villanova team. It's just a matter of if, if if like Izzo messes it up. But outside of them, outside of them, there's no there's no real juggernaut roster really that I really see right now to where if they got seated between seven and ten usually those are not good, right? Usually it's like, oh, yeah. crap, you win the first game, yay, but then, hey, you got a top five team. No. Um, I think if you get seated between seven and ten, um, I think you have a really good chance at winning that second game. Now you take over that top seeds route to the um, final four. So who who knows? Yeah. Who knows, man? Absolutely. I'm excited, though. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, it it should up. be an exciting, exciting season. First year with Jawan Howard back in Ann Arbor. Um, Anthony, before we let you go, if you can just hit us real quick with your podcast and where people can check you out on Twitter. Uh, check me out on Twitter at it's Ant right. I T S A N T W R I G H T. Um, I try to engage with everyone and everybody. Unfortunately, I kind of blow up your timeline because I do that. So yeah, you know, <laughs> it's here and there. Um, but, um, my podcast uh, right now is You Can't Gar Me, but probably by tomorrow morning it'll be changed to The Ant Farm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, if you guys haven't yet, go on to SeatGeek and download that app and put in my promo code. You'll save $20 on your, uh, on your first purchase. Excellent, yeah. So, sounds good. It, Definitely check out Anthony Wright, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at TBendit. Check out BT Powerhouse. All our season preview stuff is coming. Uh, rate our podcast uh, positively. If you're not rating it positively, don't rate it. Um, and with that, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.